Okay, so we're Erev Purim, and just like any other holiday, we have to recognize that there's both forces of darkness opposed to the forces of light. And whether it's Paro and his headspace of exile versus Moshe, or it's Haman and Amalek against Mordechai, in a certain way it goes all the way back to the beginning of the forces of the Eitzadas Tovarah, which are the confusion, the bilbuli, the lack of clarity, the chaos, the take away our inner peace, versus the Eitzchayim, the tree of life, being centered, clarity, knowing in which direction we're going. Yishubadas, the ability to steer one's mind according to one's will. And it all goes back to the story of Rabbi Nachman of the exchanged children because the motif of that story is chaos versus order. Now, there's an amazing part of that story that we have to talk about that is very relevant to Purim, because the whole story is about the exchange, and Purim is about the exchange. I want to focus on one particular part of that exchange, a very important part of that exchange. In the story, we have two characters, the true prince who was switched upon birth, and his counterpart, the maidservant's son, the slave. The two of them actually come together in the forest, and the true prince finds a bag of bread. And in the forest, the bag of bread is very, very important. In fact, no money in the world can buy that bag of bread, because that bag of bread means life itself. And when the maidservant's son sees that bag of bread, he says, wow, give me some of that bread. And he says, I'm not giving you the bread. My life comes before your life. And he says, well, I'll sell myself to you for that bag of bread. Says Rav Nassim that this relationship between these two people parallel different historical relationships. One of them is the relationship between Yaakov and Esau. Esav sells himself to Yaakov for a pot of lentils. On that verse brings the Baal HaTori. Haliteni no min, those words, give me from that pot, is Roshi Tevos Haman. And he brings there that the Medrash says clearly that before the story of Purim begins, Mordechai and Haman were together. And Mordechai bought Haman for a loaf of bread and literally wrote a tattoo on the bottom of Haman's foot that he was sold as a slave to Mordechai. And nobody knew about it except Mordechai. And now begins the drama. And now we understand the clarity of the Mordechai Yehudi that's not bowing down to the forces of darkness that want to fool the world and say, no, I am the real prince, bow down to me. Only Mordechai knows the truth. Only Mordechai knew cosmically that he was subservient to him. This is really the clarity of Amuna. Now this exchange, which is so part of the story of Purim, that it looks one way and really it's all about to exchange, is the story of every person. Intrinsically, inside of you, 
is a Mordechai. Inside of you is an Esther. You're a Bat Melech. You're a queen. Intrinsically, you have a spark of God inside of you that's eternal, that's holy and healthy, and that we have to identify with that. And that's the secret that it says that Mordechai was Omen Hadassah. The simple meaning is, is that he adopted her. But the deeper meaning is, is that Mordechai nurtures, raises Esther, infuses in her emuna. Mordechai is the Yehudi, is the believer. He does not bow down to the exchange forces. He knows the truth. He has clarity. And he nurtures Esther. He infuses her with belief that the Jewish people can never be overcome and convinces her that she's the change. Don't wait for it to happen from somewhere else. Be the change, Esther. It's inside of you. It's well known that a malek, the numerical value of a malek is suffolk, which means doubt. That's the lack of clarity. He sows the seeds of doubt in the mind of the Yehudi. And clarity is becoming a Yehudi, which is a person that believes. And this is all hinted in my favorite part of Lichododi, where it says, Migdash Melech Ir Melucha Fecha. This beautiful city that was once the focus of the world, Jerusalem, which is for many years lay desolate while other cities were built up. Go out of that exchange. Rise up. Put on your garments, your beautiful Shabbos clothes. Every Shabbos is an opportunity. Every Yom Tov is an opportunity for us to go back to our splendor. Then it says, Rav Lach it's enough that you're sitting in the valley of crying. So I'm looking at the words, Emek is really Osios Amalek, but there's no Lamed. But if you take the bays of Emek and you put it over Habacha, the bays with Habacha, which is 28, is together 30. There's the Lamed. In the valley of depression is literally the letters Amalek. That's the exchange, being in a state of chaos, being unclear, having in your mind doubts, and not having clarity. This is the deep meaning of what the Rebbe says. Yesh inyan, there's an idea, that everything's going to turn around and be good. Because the ultimate truth is, is that inside of everything, inside of every person, is a spark of good, a spark of God. That spark has been switched. It's clandestinely hiding with inside of us. And this is the deep meaning that when a Amalek came, he came on the backdrop when the Jewish people says, Hayesh Hashem im ayim. Is Hashem within our midst or not? The lack of clarity that inside each and every person is that spark of godliness. That is the doubt that a mullock wants to sow inside of us. 
And our job is to get clarity on that, become a Yehudi, a believer in our godliness. So if Nachman said, Yesh Inyan, there's an idea, that everything's going to turn around. It's a very, very big foundation idea from the Baal Shem Tov, that really there is no such thing as bad. In fact, the highest, the greatest tov is hidden inside the bad. And whenever you see dark, you have to believe that at the nucleus of that darkness is a diamond of goodliness, godliness. There will not be a Pesach without power. There will not be a Purim without Haman. There can't be a salvation without a decree. You want a normal day? You'll get a normal day. But if you want a great day, you're going to have to have some darkness before. And that's exactly what's happening right now. We're having a very long exile. And the tzaddikim revealed to us that the long exile is just a prelude to the long redemption. The redemption that there will not be any exile afterwards. The third temple will stand forever, God willing. Amen.